Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Welcome, everyone, to another week of Corporate Talk with me and you. Yes, we're here again. I'm Charlie. And I'm Eva. And I'm so excited that the the weather is nice and that it's sunny here in Cincinnati because even though we only had like three weeks of winter, I'm just so glad it's sunny. Spring has sprung. Today's a beautiful day. Yesterday was a beautiful day. Indeed. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not a big one to talk about the weather, but it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, so the mission of Corporate Talk is to leave no stone unturned, use all our collaborative powers to make a difference in the workplace, in the home, in the community, somewhere, even as one person. Yes, absolutely. And I know we don't typically jump into it that quickly, but that's actually one of the reasons we have our guest on today, because we're talking about the future workforce. Yeah, absolutely. Um very true. I wanted to say first, um, we've had some really cool shows in the past we few have. weeks. We've had the show about running and we've had two shows from really great, um, guests about acupuncture and health. I know. And sometimes people question like, well, what does that have to do with corporate? Well, it has everything to do with corporate because if you don't feel your best, then you're not going to do a good job at work. So that's why we t- try to bring you a lot of different guests. Well, that's why to I brought address it up. a lot of different issues, right? It kind of annoys me sometimes when people say, uh, I want to download a spreadsheet faster. Right. I mean, well, no, I mean, typically everybody wants to know about how to handle stress in the workplace, how to handle conflict, um, leadership, right? And what we're really addressing is, um, First, handle your own stress, right? You know, we were talking about that this week, right? Everybody, you'll you'll question twenty people and ask them if they're stressed, and of course, they will always say yes, but not one of those persons will ever say they are the stressor, right? Everyone has stress, but for some reason, no one that you talk to is ever creating the stress, right? Um, and so we try to do what we can to help everyone in many different ways. In many different ways, right? right? Um, I want to also. Mention that next week we have a special show. So um, whoever is tuning in this week, please come back next week. Yes, next week is going to be fun. It's just going to be the two of us. Um, a couple of other things. We we take pride in our content, yes, and we, we take pride in the fact that we have met 99% of our guests. Yes, we have. And um, that's important to us. And um, today as well, um, you mentioned earlier about uh, the future. Yes, right. and our future workforce, right? Oh my God, is a, we need you guys so bad, <laughs> <I know. laughs> right? Um, and uh, you know, I don't want to beat this to death, but we're grateful to have pioneers and entrepreneurs like our guests this week that are dedicating their careers to getting our teens, our um, 
leaders of the future correct into their dream college so they can get the education of their dreams so they can make a difference so they absolutely can make a difference because it, it it all makes such a huge difference now having the right university under your belt i think right now probably has a bigger impact than it may have had in the past i mean it was always cool to come from an ivy league school right but you know so many of us especially our generation we just didn't even think that that was even a possibility like i didn't even think about it nor did i really understand what it meant. Like I did get accepted into Northwestern, but it, we just didn't have the money for me to go to Northwestern. So it was just, I'm not going to Northwestern. You know what I mean? So, I mean, but I didn't see any of my friends stressing about it either. There were certain schools that they wanted to go to and we went. I mean, it wasn't what it is now. It's very competitive now. Right. And I, there's a lot of things that I want to discuss um, with our Guest, so I would love to bring her on. Um, I would like to introduce our very special guest, Pamela Donnelly. Are you with us? Uh, yes, yeah. hi, I'm here. Hey, great, thank you so much. Welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Hi, Pamela. <laughs> hey, Eva, how's it going? Good. So, um, real quick, Pamela, can you maybe share your contact information so our listeners can follow along? Absolutely. Why don't you guys check me out online at PamelaDonnelly.com. So two N's, two L's. That's where you'll find a lot of information about the college admissions process. Interesting. Um, you know, I don't know where I want to begin, but I guess let me just throw something out, Pamela. First, and we'll go back and um, go over your background. But it seems to me that the bar gets higher and higher and the competition is greater than ever with this college business. Um, because it seems to me now more and more and more, almost every single teen is going to need a college. Is that is education? That true? Yeah. That's true. In fact, it's, it's kind of like a game of musical chairs. You remember when we were all kids and it was so much fun right up until the music stopped playing and there weren't <laughs> enough chairs. So it really is uh, a little um, intimidating for a lot of teens and their parents today. We're about 18% declined um, in the last five years or so in terms of the likelihood of a student with the identical GPA, identical test scores, as even five years ago, 18% reduced likelihood that that student is going to get into their uh, first choice school because we are living in a very competitive market for that higher education status. Wow. And okay, so we jumped ahead, of course, I'm always guilty of that. Can you just um, explain to our listeners um, who you are, your mission, and what exactly you have to offer? Absolutely. So hi, everybody, if I haven't met you yet. So my name is Pamela Donnelly. I live here in Los Angeles. My background is uh, that I've been an educator for the last 20 years. Um, I did graduate one of those Ivy League colleges. I was summa cum laude at Columbia University with my degrees in secondary education and literature. So I'm a best-selling author. My first book went number one on Amazon. I was so excited that SWAT Team Tactics for Getting Your Teen into College. It's such an aggressive one. title. Right? It is, yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I, 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 I played with it because there's, the truth is a lot of families today feel like it's, oh, it's a war zone out there. And, and you're right. 
a lot of people talk about, you know, you have to annihilate the SAT and, and you know, some of the big corporates use a lot of uh, languaging and a lot of messaging around the idea of, you know, like the, the, you have to bomb it, you have to grenade it, you have to, right. you know, like it's a war zone out there. And, you know, I really believe that it's, you know, we can be playful with these ideas, um, but I, I really do want to take the fear out of it. I'm also, just by way of introduction, I'm a mom, so I have three um, students um, in my own family. My oldest daughter um, is already out of college. Thank goodness we got mm. through that one. So <laughs> one down, two to go. My other two are in high school right now. And I always say to the moms and dads who are, who are trusting me, you know, they, they find me um, on places like uh, Time Magazine's website. You know, they, they, they've you know, brought me on board as their go-to college admissions expert. So I'm working with Time Magazine. I'm, you know, Larry King has endorsed my second book. Uh, that's called Four Keys to College Admission Success, and uh, that's available on my website, HamiltonDolly.com, or you can find that on Amazon with lots of great reviews. And you know, I'm just a, I'm just a regular gal, just trying to help everybody else's kids. You know, I grew up, um, I grew up on a farm in Virginia. People are surprised to hear that. You know, my parents didn't even go to college, so I had to sort of um, invent this wheel by myself. I want every kid who grows up. Uh, not just in America, but internationally. I think every child should have an equal opportunity at this thing we call the American dream. And college is such an important portal to that for those who are willing to do the work. And the problem is that we have a very unequal amount of information getting out into the marketplace so that really a lot of families, there's a tremendous amount of pain and confusion. What are we supposed to be doing? So I really demystify that in my books and uh, and try to help as many folks as I can. Um, I was really glad to hear you say equal opportunity for all teens, which I think is important. I never went mm-hmm. to college, you know, and I know I missed that experience. Um, and it's really cool that you are a parent, but you also uh, went through the college process, right? So you lived it as well. So you're kind of hitting us with this book from both sides, you know, um, and I, I see the Larry King endorsement. And um, the first thing that came to mind when I read it was a, maybe a little one step deeper because uh, Larry King suggests this book needs to be on the shelves of every library and every high school in America. And I'm in the first five minutes here realizing as a parent, it needs to be on our lap. Right now, right? We need to really use this book almost like a workbook on a daily basis so that we stay very tuned in to what we need to do because you're exactly right. We need SWAT team tactics, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's nice just to have some uh, somebody holding your hands through the process, which is the way I like to think of it. Uh, I had somebody joke with me. I, was, I do a lot of public speaking. So I speak at, you know, parent events, civic events. And I had a mom come up to me. and She said, they should be giving these out in all the maternity wards across the country. <laughs> <laughs> like the day your child is born, you get a copy of Pamela Donnelly's book. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, oh, but that's, that's a bit much. I don't, even, I don't even want that. You know, it's kind of crazy. But uh, we're living in kind of crazy times, you guys. You know, there's a lot of hysteria and a lot of fear. Um, out there, and I am, you know, as a parent, I, I feel very protective. I kind of feel like a mother to everybody else's kids. I, I feel like a responsibility um, to make sure that 
Um, we're, we're creating an environment and a dialogue with our young people that is encouraging to them, not frightening. Um, I want them to feel like they're being equipped, not traumatized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that there's such a fine line there, right? Because all this pressure can be really traumatizing. And I was looking through your current book, and it just seems like it's just this nice, matter-of-fact way to approach something that can be so complicated and turn into such a pressure cooker. And because these poor kids they just start to feel so overwhelmed by it all. I would think that some of them, depending on personality, would almost get to the point where it's just like, it's not even worth it. It's not even worth it. I don't know what I want to do. Um, a, lot, a lot of kids don't know what they want to do, and, and yeah. you know, that's something we really need to hear. And we need to keep in mind that college is not for everybody. You know, I have families that come visit me in Los Angeles at my offices, uh, we've got offices all over the L.A. area, but my company, I'm CEO and founder of a company called Valley Prep Tutoring Services, and I oversee a staff of Ivy League tutors that work one-on-one in people's homes. But sometimes families will come in and the mom will have a real agenda, or the dad maybe, of I want, I mean, I'm, I went to Brown and I want my son to go to Brown. And, mm-hmm. and I look at the son and the son is just looking at me like, please help me because I love my parents, but that's not my path. And sometimes it can be hard, and, and I understand as a parent, we sometimes have to take a deep breath and take a step back and sort of ask ourselves, whose future is this anyway, you know? And to, and to really honor when our, when our kids are expressing to us, you know, that maybe they do need and deserve a gap year. Maybe they need to do some study abroad. Maybe, there are, maybe they'll do community college before the pressure of the four-year university. Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe they won't go to college. They'll go to a trade school. Maybe they'll, you know, be an entrepreneur who who starts Facebook and laughs at all of us for having more money than everybody combined, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So so there are a lot of ways to to get uh, the result that we want. I always, I say, look, let's begin with the end in mind. And the end is not just a college degree. The end is a future that is filled with purpose and a sense of passion and a sense of being called to something where we can impact other people in a positive way, whatever that might be. Everyone has their piece. You guys with your radio show, you are, you are apparently, because you, you do it well, you're called to impart information, to encourage people in the corporate uh, world, to bring ideas and solutions. And, and you dedicate yourself to that. And every young person growing up today deserves to find their unique place in the world as, as you have. And, and to be able to help them through this morass of higher education today we just have to always remind ourselves and each other and the parents that, you know, it's going to be um, a work in progress, and it's not about a fixed destination that we prescribe and say, you will go to this school. You will get that degree, and you'll, you know, back in the day it was you had a gold watch when you retired, you know. Those days yeah. are gone. I mean, we have moved into a new paradigm. Yep. Um, that's fantastic. We're about to take our first break, but I just wanted to say something real quick. We've mm-hmm. had some really good guests on earlier. Um, and one of them was the topic was learn to speak kid and listening to Pamela, especially these teens are coming in and, and learning to speak teen, I think is really a value that, um, is included in, in not only in the book and the knowledge, but also the rapport with the uh, students, which is a great thing. So Thank great you. job. Um, and, Stay with us, okay? We have a million questions. Uh, this is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our very special guest, Pamela Donnelly. We'll be right back. 
CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning Shared Leadership Training Seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. You've discovered TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. TalkZone.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is educator and college admissions specialist, Pamela Donnelly. And Pamela, I love what you were saying before the break about making sure that our kids have a future that's filled with purpose and passion and that we're looking at the end in mind. Because I think sometimes, and I could be wrong, but I think sometimes people are all about getting them into the right school when, like you were saying earlier, maybe that's not their thing. And I love that you look at that and you look at the kid, especially because, you know, a teen doesn't necessarily know what they want to do. But as adults, we can see their potential, and we can see where their passion lies. And I like that when you guys take a look at these kids, you work with them as well as the parents, because sometimes I think those expectations can get absolutely out of control with the parents yeah, more so than the child. Yeah, you know what? It's very true. I, um, you know, I do feel that you know passion and purpose are important, um, but the big one that parents sometimes forget about is another P, and you know what that P is? Profitability. If you can't make a living, what is the point of spending $100,000 on college? Am I right? And so how do you look at that? You know, when, when you're looking at what a teen, what a teen's passion is and what a teen feels that their purpose is at this point in time, because as we know, especially like you were saying earlier, we're not going to really retire anymore with a gold watch. I mean, people are switching careers much faster than they ever have in the past and they have switched or even just Employers. I mean, you're not staying in a position anymore for 20, 30 years. And so what a teen may be looking at now may not be what you're going to really see them be doing in the future. And so how do you weigh that? I mean, how do you guys weigh that in terms of where you can see if this is actually going to be profitable for this um, child to go to a specific university where you would spend $100,000? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, my book I address, I have a section there, I think on around page 25, it's called New, new Majors for the New Millennium. And so I take uh, my readers through the top converting majors that are leading to the easiest entry into high-paying uh, high jobs once they graduate with those degrees. So things there like nanotechnology and, and others that are, you know, sort of the new variations on the themes from, you know, what the major might have been 10 or 20 years ago. I mean, it used to be you could major in, uh, you know, photography. Well, photography is now, you know, digital design, and there are photographic components, but 
now that everybody's, you know, got a camera on their iPhone, the, the world is changing and we have to change with it or our kids are going to be graduating with degrees that aren't um, as relevant as they otherwise might be. I'll, I'll mention that I've got a webinar that I'm doing next month and I'm excited because I'm co-producing this with a man named William Guy and uh, Bill Guy is the CEO of uh, one of the top executive search companies in the world. They have just, you know, offices all over the globe. And they are the ones who are really the end user of a college education because they take the folks who are graduating with these degrees and help them find their place in the market. So they're the hiring directors, if you will. Um, and he and I have put together a webinar, and we're calling it Bridging the Gap Between College and Career. So that I'm going to be offering about uh, 20 or 30 minutes uh, of academic strategies for how to go through the college process with a career in mind. He's then going to do 20 or 30 minutes on, from his point of view, uh, the resume, the CV. How do you how do you frame that and market yourself so that you're a desirable applicant at the top of the pile when it comes time for hiring out of college? You know, I think that's terrific because when you were speaking earlier, I was just thinking. You know, everything is changing so quickly, and new jobs are forming every day so much faster than when we were young. And I was wondering, one of the questions that I wanted to ask was, do you think that the universities are keeping up with it? Uh, the ones who will be around in five or ten years are, and the ones mm-hmm. who aren't, uh, you know, I've, I've heard it uh, predicted among some in my field. Uh, that the third rail of the economic uh, crisis of 2008 is going to roll out in these next three to five years with a lot of smaller liberal arts schools possibly even having to close their doors because as they become less and less relevant with what they're able to offer, uh, you know, it's going to be very hard for them to compete for students. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're doing a radio show now called Corporate Talk, so let's talk about um, the corporatization of higher education, which is mm-hmm. a topic. Uh, I remember we chatted about that when I met you guys in New York uh, last year. We had a really great conversation about the fact that, you know, this is big business. I mean, these yeah. are our sons and daughters, but at the end of the day, listen, these corporations are making billions with a B of dollars um, off of everything from, you know, the, the cost of the number two pencils to fill in the scantrons, which also cost money, for the tests, which also cost money, for the, with the prep courses that also cost money. And, and we see how this is now is quite insidious because even uh, with common core curriculum, um, which is in all of the public schools now, or most of them except in states where it's been uh, pushed back upon or, or repealed, um, you know, the common core is another example of sort of this standardized test, what I consider to be mania, that is um, really mm-hmm. taking hold. And, and I think in some ways really threatening the very foundation of what, true educators want that to be, which is the igniting of, of a passion, of an excitement, of an enthusiasm for education in the heart and mind of a, of a student, rather than just filling this bucket of information. And here, memorize this, memorize this other thing. Memorize all this now. Now regurgitate that onto a scantron, and maybe we'll let you have a job. Um, I just think that's the wrong, wrong, wrong message. So... Um, you know, there are, the corporatization piece is, is a fascinating one. I'd love to explore if we have a little bit of time. Sure. And, you know, it is kind of complicated when you have thousands and thousands of colleges and tens of thousands of students. And, you know, you you have to have some sort of criteria, right, to measure by to limit the chaos. But you need to sure. 
balance it with some sort of let the creativity out as well. Well, because if you don't, right, all you have are these people that that don't take any accountability. As soon as you put them in a career, so we start kids out from the time they're tiny. Well, they're going to go to soccer. They're going to go to this. They're going to go to that. They're, everything, every single moment of their day is planned out. Then they get into standardized testing. And then we put them in a career and we say, well, we want you to be like an internal entrepreneur. Like, how are they going to do that when all they've been doing is not creatively thinking? At they've all, just yeah. been memorizing. Yeah. yeah. You know, you asked a question about are the colleges keeping up? And I will tell you that one trend I'm seeing is that entrepreneurial studies is really taking hold in a lot of the bigger universities. Um, and even some of the smaller colleges, uh, one that immediately springs to mind, uh, Babson College, that, uh, you know, folks may want to take a look at, which is one of the top entre- entrepreneurial schools. Um, now, a lot of people who, you know, envision their own careers and, and sort of carve their own way in the world um, and are entrepreneurs um, don't even uh, necessarily go through um, what would be almost similar coursework to a, a bachelor of maybe a business administration degree or an MBA degree. Um, but uh, did you know that right now the number one degrees for both male and female students are in business? So about, you know, 25% or so of guys and about 17 or so percent of, of gals that are going into college today are majoring in business. And we think that that has a lot to do with the perception that that's going to be easier to convert into a job, you know, in hopefully four years' time. Mm-hmm. Although, did you know, nowadays, many, many more students are taking five years and more than are graduating in four years, um, again, because of the economics of state and the private schools and the way that uh, things are shaking down right now. So whether it's four years, five years, or more, you know, it's not. It's just not the way that it. We may be assuming that it it is because it things have changed so very much in these last five years or so. I think there's a corporate disconnect um, because they need to they need to get that those they need to encourage the creative juices in the universities and not really worry so much about grade point averages and uh, curriculum maybe, yeah. right? I mean, it's, well, it seems numbers, like it's numbers, more in, in the person that they need to. I, I feel that way as a mom. I feel that the numbers, you know, and when, you know, college admissions uh, folks are, are receiving the stack of data, because of course they get all kinds of things, but the first things that they see are GPA, test mm-hmm. scores, class rank. Those are the top three. Then after that, they might see sports, extracurriculars, teacher recommendations, and other and sort of ancillary things that are being submitted, along with the essays, which are extremely important nowadays. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's that, great, there's that great Picasso quote. He says, uh, everyone is born an artist. Uh, the trick is remaining one as you grow up. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, so true. That, that's, what, that's what came to mind when, Charlie, you just said that. I thought, gosh, you know, if only... We could all have the joy and playfulness of kids just, you know, playing in sand. They can spend three hours with a bucket and a shovel, you know. We just we lose that somewhere along the way. And I would say, you know, a lot of that does get socialized out of us. And, of course, you know, we can't just all sit around in sandbox. But uh, there is an apt metaphor there for creativity. Um, you know, some of the real cutting-edge firms, you know, my company and I are, are working with some really great cutting-edge um, educational technology uh, products and services that we're developing here, and I was in a, literally this morning. I was in a meeting at a company uh, down in Santa Monica 
um, education products. Uh, we're, I can't announce yet, but a very big announcement is coming that we're developing, and we're real excited to be in such great company. Their entire office is covered. They had it painted. Um, it is um, basically like chalkboard, and all of the employees have colored chalk, and they they write all over the walls. It is so creative. Wow, that's really cool. uh, You know, I I mean, and I say that as a people manager in the workplace, right? Instead of reading, I mean, I learned this the hard way, but um, instead of really reading and dissecting a resume, I'd put it down and say, walk me through a day, right? And and, and see how much the person owns what they do. And the same thing would be true maybe with a a college recruit in a corporate world, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you want someone who can bring something to the party, not just data. And so colleges have that same mindset. They're looking for actual three-dimensional. Because keep in mind, when they say yes to a student coming on campus, they're going to have to see that person. They're going to be walking around their campus. A lot of professors and admissions staff members live on or near campus. they're, They're inviting people into their world. So it's not just about, you know, is this a 4.8 weighted GPA student? Um, is this someone we're going to like? Are they going to contribute to campus life? Do they have the right uh, mindset, the right heart? To, are they going to be a social fit here? The last thing they want is an attrition rate because by the time U.S. News and World Report comes out or Princeton Review with their best 379 colleges edition, and they um, they list in there the data, and they have to release this data of um, first-year dropouts, people who don't cut it, people who for whatever reason, whether it's a social or a geographic, maybe they're from L.A. and they, they went to the University of Vermont, <laughs> as I heard in one case, and the poor girl said, Mom, it's cold up here. <laughs> she just yeah. wasn't because she came back to L.A. to the USC now. So uh, it's interesting to, to realize there are a lot of reasons um, that people don't stay at colleges, but that hurts the, the bottom-line business model those universities. So they're very incentivized to get their admissions process right. This has really been a really interesting conversation, and we're about to take our second break. So when we come back from the break, we'll keep going with what we've been talking about. But stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we'll be right back with our guest, Paula Donnelly. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eve and our very special guest, Pamela Donnelly. Um, and her website is PamelaDonnelly.com. That's P-A-M-E-L-A-D, as in David, O-N-N-E-L-L-Y.com. <laughs> and uh, I want to spell it out because 
uh, I want everybody to get it right so they can go and see the books, see more about you. So if I'm, if I'm a parent, Pamela, um, would I contact you for what? Coaching or for tutoring? How would, what type of services do you offer? Uh, well, we offer all kinds of services from my company here in LA, which is Valley Prep Tutoring, but, uh, a lot of that I'm able to offer uh, via Skype as well. So uh, my staff and I specialize in creating uh, the target school list. So when um, hopefully by the time your student is, a lot of sophomore uh, parents are beginning to call us now. The juniors are already finishing out their test prep cycles right now, and they'll begin working on their applications uh, beginning in August when the Common App uh, prompts are released, um, August through fall. Uh, for all of their applications. Early action and early decision happen in the early fall of the senior year. Um, so, we, yeah, the services that we offer are um, either in-person in L.A. or via Skype. We can work with you and your student. A lot of times we'll work with the parent first separately to get their sense of what they're trying to help um, bring about for their um, son or daughter. We will build that list. We will uh, talk about majors. We will talk about uh, financial packaging, how to help them save Potentially ten, twenty thousand, and more off the cost of tuition by competitively positioning the merit aid, the gift aid, the scholarship, making sure they have our, our, our insider um, sort of tips for navigating the FAFSA profile and the CSS profile. There is Jeez. so much that goes on on the financial side that what yeah. you don't knew, know cannot just it doesn't just hurt you; it costs you literally tens of thousands of dollars to not have this information. The, um, the, the list of potential schools for me personally, I think would be priceless. I mean, uh, you know, having, taking a daughter through that process, I mean, if we had some help and guidance in that list, that would be, uh, that's a really, I, I, I can't imagine where you begin, right? With all of the schools that are out there to come up with, a list for a specific student, but um, you know, I to me that would be the most valuable thing for a student to have, mm-hmm. and know that there's, well, there's a coach in their corner helping them. You know, yeah, they've uh, got a mentor. You know, and I, of course, it, when I first opened the company years ago, I personally held the hands of many, many families. A lot of high-profile families out here in LA have sort of trusted me to come into their gated communities and you know, the head of this corporation or that film studio or whatever, you know, yeah. working with them and their kids. Um, and as I've grown the company and I've, as I've built my staff, I've, I've been really careful to handpick people who, um, like me, are, are just um, are very committed to uh, sort of a holistic view of education. So we're not just um, kind of coming in there as pinch hitters trying to force a square peg into a round hole. We are there to really accurately assess what all the options are based on our expertise. We save a 20-year-plus learning curve for parents who don't have time to go out and, and research all these schools and know even what would be available for their, for their son or daughter. Mm-hmm. And then we help them through other aspects of the process. So the other services that we offer, um, the very best test prep um, that I've heard of anywhere. Um, so we um, are averaging um, on a 2,400 SAT you know, a lot of kids will take weekend courses with, with you know, uh, 30 in a room, and they're lucky if they get 50 or 100 points uh, gained over the course of six weekends. But by working with my staff, we average between 250 and 400 points on the SAT after working um, through a test prep cycle with my staff. 
because wow. we do it one-on-one and we do it by individually remediating what that student personally needs to make sure that they hit the highest possible score. Um, so test prep is a big part of what we do as well. We help with the essays when the common apps are out. We, you know, just, uh, you know, listen to and, and watch the drafts as the student works them, give them feedback, uh, what tends to work best in our experience, um, steering them away from common pitfalls that kids will fall into. It's kind of adorable. Sometimes they, you know, they get asked questions on the common app. They don't ask what you think. So let me, let, let me just mention this because so many people don't know this. So when, you, when you're applying to colleges, so many of them now use the common application. And you have your choice of five, five prompts. And, you know, you get a prompt like, describe a place where you always feel completely content. And that's your prompt for getting into college. Any <sighs> guidance, like, what do you think a teenager is going to say? They end up getting 10,000 essays about how nice the beach is, you know. Right. <laughs> this is not, you know. They, they, they add a few adjectives, and it's like, oh, the, the, the munificent waves are like these spreading <laughs> words around that don't even make sense. And it's like, no, honey, no, no, no. That's not it, you know. So we, we help them to be strategic to learn how to market themselves because at the end of the day, that's kind of what you got to do in college admissions. The kids have to understand they're going to be marketing themselves. So how do you make yourself um, appealing? And that essay is a big part of it. It's the thumbprint on everything beyond the data. It's almost like you guys offer one priceless service after another. I could, we could use that marketing I yourself, know. right? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, and um, I think you're doing great things. So um, it, it just it just pumps me up. Listen, listening. Um, earlier we talked about. Um, admissions, my corporate uh, brain spins a little bit, and I ask, do colleges, do the admissions people get dinged if the dropout rate is high, if you know what I'm saying? I mean, do they take a hit if their metrics suffer? Um, You know, I'm not going to say they get fired, um, but I'm not going to say I haven't heard of that happening. Um, Listen, it's business. Um, you know, if you're selling widgets and your widgets start breaking and the boss gets a lawsuit because your widgets keep breaking, the guy who made the broken widget is probably not going to have a job. The job of admissions staff is to get the people in there who are going to thrive. That's why they use these um, these metrics, these algorithms of, you know, uh, from the, the data of the GPA, the test score, the class rank, the teacher recommendations, personal interviews. I mean, there are, you know, a lot of things happening nowadays in terms of um, campus tours, um, even college fairs, places where you can get some face time one-on-one. That's a strategy I really recommend, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got a son or daughter who is, you know, in you know, ninth, 10th, 11th grade, and they're thinking the time is now to begin developing a relationship with Jeez. one or more of the admissions people. There's no reason not to just be on their radar. Because when they will start a file, and if you do well in tenth grade on your PSAT, um, which is the you know the pre-SAT basically, um, and then the eleventh grade PSAT, which can count toward the National Merit Scholarship, um, these are these are ways that they get an indication that that they've got a live one on the line. You know, it's like they're going fishing for the perfect students among you know the the big. Uh, swimming hole here of uh, American students. Interesting. So they wanna, you know, uh, they want to know they've gets... got a good one. It's earlier and earlier, you know, not to change the subject, but we were watching a news story last week that a lot of the Division One schools were reaching out to LeBron James' fourth-grade son. <laughs> ha! 
Well, that's kind of, that's humorous. <laughs> that's that's a little over the top. Even he said it was over Even the top. Even he said it was over the top. <laughs> yeah, I wanted like, to ask, um, uh, when you when you apply for funding for school if, as a parent, does it, do the lenders care what school you select? I mean, does that weigh into the equation at all? Well, it's not usually private lending, so that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, a lot of students, you know, are going in um, with Pell Grants, uh, which are, you know, federal, and those are for families to make about 30000 a year or less. So folks who really, you know, are on a tight budget, um, a lot of times will have access to some money, not, not as much as they used to. Back in the 1970s, if you were in a low economic status, a Pell Grant would cover 100% of your tuition. Now it, it covers, you know, way less than half, but it will be a chunk toward it. Um, there are, um, in addition to Pell Grants, you've got uh, federal Stafford loans. Those are available either subsidized or unsubsidized based on, um, you know, your um, estimated family contribution. So there's a number. Uh, there's a, Here's a little code for you if you guys want to. Anybody out there with a kid here, you can write down. I've got a little uh, equation for you. So you can write down these um, initials. So EFC, EFC stands for Estimated Family Contribution. That's what the colleges determine when they look at your qualifying year of tax um, records. So, uh, for example, I have a daughter who's in 10th grade. She's going to graduate in 2017. So 2016 is my qualifying year. The federal government is going to look at my tax records for 2016 and based on that, they're going to come up with, and they're going to look at her father's too and all of that, of course, and they're going to come up with a formula called the EFC, the Estimated Family Contribution, that they think is a reasonable amount that this family, based on this data, should be able to pay towards school. So um, the EFC minus the COA. Now, the COA is the cost of attendance. So your estimated family contribution might be $20,000. But the cost of attendance might be $35,000. So now you have a differential of $15,000, and that's what equals your need. So the definition mm-hmm. of need is it is the difference between your EFC minus the COA, or the cost of attendance. So that's a handy little equation. And if you wow. know that equation, yeah. and then we can help you make sure you position yourself so that you've got everything in line on your FAFSA, so in your qualifying year, um, you're really careful the way, um, you know, certain lines on the tax forms um, are what get pinged onto the FAFSA. Um, and there are very legal and legitimate ways um, to have things listed in one place versus another, and it will make all the difference in the way your students' um, tuition obligations are going to roll out. Interesting. Um, That's we're, really interesting. We're going to take our final break. Um, but before we go, I just have a quick question and we can talk more when we come back. Um, I was just, it just left me. Okay. So it was a, it was a showstopper question. <laughs> I'm sure it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we go ahead and take our break? <laughs> okay. We will, <laughs> we'll take our final break, uh, and come back with, uh, more with our special guest, Pamela Donnelly. Stay with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Neva.
Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Pamela Donnelly. And I know during the break, I knew the second I hit the mute button, (laughs) you would remember. You know what? It's EFC minus COA. Just kind of mess with me a little bit. Right. You got all acronymed (laughs) out. I got all acronymed out, yeah. No, I wanted to ask um, a question, Pamela, in that – Right now, say it's March. So we have teens and we're doing the college thing. Do I file my returns first and then look at the schools? What comes first? How does that work? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, we're coming up on uh, April 15th. And so this past year, so your 2014 um, are going in. Uh, those aren't going to impact unless you've got a student going to college next year. Um, so it really, you know, there's not a, the, the time to begin thinking about this is actually more like ninth or 10th grade rather than waiting till 11th or 12th, just so you can begin thinking about the way you, you move your assets if you decide that you're going to try to do that. Um, you know, the uh, FAFSA usually um, is being filed um, after January. Um, so, yeah, this is we're in financial aid season right now, basically. And um, what's frustrating for some students is that they're, being offered early action um, uh, options of going to a school or they're being offered um, admissions, but what they don't know yet is what the financial packages are going to be that are offered to them. So some students go in, you know, like they, they might get into USC, let's say, but, you know, USC is a very expensive private school here in L.A., and not everyone can afford to go unless they have a big percentage of need that's being covered. Um, and they need to know that information before they can say yes or no. I mean, most kids are applying to between 8 and 12 schools nowadays, and that, that is recommended because you just don't know what you're going to get into. So usually two or three or four of those are safety schools where it's pretty sure that you'll get in based on your scores and so forth. Some are target schools and then at least three or four reach schools. You know, a lot of people apply to Harvard just because it's fun to be able to say, oh, yeah, I applied to Harvard. Anyone can apply to Harvard. It doesn't mean they're going to get in. Man, um, so, do we yeah, need you. Any any parent with a teen in college-bound years needs you in their corner. Well, and I guess that was my other question is, so when does a parent start to contact you? Like when would be the best time? Is it is it right in the beginning or is it 10th grade, 11th grade? For the college admissions process, certainly I would like to hear from parents by um, second semester of the sophomore year, 10th grade year. But if their student isn't already holding down um, almost all A's and, and a lot of B's in school, they can have a C here and there, but honestly, it is so competitive right now. Uh, for folks here in L.A., a lot of times what happens is we begin um, early in the freshman year just making sure the GPA stays as close to the 4.0 as we can 
So that, even though, because a lot of kids are just gifted in science and math, but they struggle in English, or they're great mm-hmm. in English and social studies, but they struggle in math. So to have the right tutor in place for the thing that they're not as good at um, is an important strategy. And then, yeah, the college process um, really doesn't start until closer to the junior year. But, you know, I've already been, um, you know, doing campus tours with my daughter who's in 10th grade. You know, it's time for her to begin seeing the difference between, well, well, here's Pepperdine. That's what that looks like. But what about UC Riverside? That's a totally different animal. And how does it feel in these two campuses? And let's go talk to the admissions officers um, at other schools as well. So we've, we've, at this point, already looked at four schools. And she's, she's in 10th grade. But I'm not saying pick one. I'm just saying let's gather information. Yeah, I think that's great because that was actually my question. You know, if you have a student that maybe is struggling a little bit, you know, early on would be the best time to get a tutor to contact you guys to actually have some help because if they come to you junior year, let's say, and the GPA isn't really up there, I mean, I'm sure that you can help them with other schools. Is that what you do too as well? Like if, let's say, someone comes to you and doesn't have a perfect GPA, um do you also then provide options for those students as well? Of course. Yeah, well, yeah. very few people come to us with a perfect GPA. But, um, you know, I mean, nowadays to be um, to really compete for, you know, most of the stronger schools, you certainly would want at least a, a 3.1 to 3.4 on mm-hmm. the low side. Um, 3.5 to 3.7 is a comfortable zone. And then you've got the, the kids with the weighted, you know, they do eight. AP courses, you know, and they mm-hmm. end up with a, a 4.6 or higher GPA if it's weighted with the advanced placement coursework. Um, but, yeah, the sooner that they can get to us, the better. But, again, I just want to reiterate what we said at the beginning of the interview. Um, you know, kids are more than data, and, and if they're, you know, struggling in, in some classes, you know, the nicest thing we can do for ourselves and our relationship to our kids as parents is to bring in a mentor to take that on so that we can still be mom and dad. My kids need me. They need me to make a grilled cheese sandwich and hug them and say, I love you, and, and how's it right. going? Not, did you do your SAT prep? And how's it, how's it going? And what's happening with this math score? And, you know, to bring somebody in to, to sort of be a, a, an appropriate, loving, but uh, hired hand, so to speak. You know, you, you don't hire a dentist to fix your pipes. And, you know, you don't try to do everything for your kid. You need somebody who specializes when the stakes are so high and the return on investment is potentially so enormous. If you get this right, your kid is actually slated. I I did the math on this. So this is the 2012 census that talked about the difference between kids who just have a high school diploma and those who have a master's degree. So if you can get them through the undergraduate and master's degree, prorated over the course of the average American life, it was $2.4 million in, in increased earnings based on that child having the right positioning right now. You've got one shot to get it right. Get it right now, and that's what's going to roll out. That's the return on investment for $500, 1000 $5,000 now in tutoring, positioning, and working with the right professionals who can help them. So I feel that, um, you know, if I could say to you, hand, hand me $2,000, and I'm going to give you $2.4 million over your kid's life, everybody in the world would take that bet. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if you can that. invest that now and make $2.4 that would be quite a turnaround on your investment, right? Yeah, but I, they, you, they still have to pay for college, but you understand my right, point. It's, right, right. No, ROI. I absolutely return, understand return it. On investment. You know, I was just thinking, Charlie, we need to go back. 
We do. Um. <laughs> I think I should get Charlie into college. He, you missed out. I could hear in your voice. You're like, oh, I didn't get that experience. So I think we should sponsor a, a, a reality show called Charlie Goes <laughs> to College, and um, we'll, we'll put it on across from Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and we'll put him out of business. We'll just um, be the new reality I think that's a great show. Idea. Yeah, you're, you're kicking my ass pretty good here. Um, in my book, I make a statement that says, uh, when I when it came time to go to college, my parents, my father said, kids go to college to get stupid. Yeah, that was good. You're going to work. Good advice. <laughs> so, wow. But, well, you know yeah. what? My dad was in the Navy and didn't go to college. And, you know, my mom was wonderful, but, you know, legal secretary. But, you know, nobody had a college degree in my in my home. And, you know, and, and they were great people. I mean, I grew up on a farm with the red pickup truck in the driveway and, you know, the pine trees and the American flag blowing in the wind. So that was me barefoot growing up. Well, you know, all kidding aside, I mean, your subject matter expertise is phenomenal. And from college selections to looking at the the student directly to see if that person fits that list. And, you know, then you go into financing. I mean, you go from A to Z. It's just incredible. Well, and I think that that's your background because you have all the you know, top universities, smarts, but then there's also this other side that says we also have to look at what these kids like to do and where yeah. their purpose and their passion lies and weigh both yeah. of those. So, yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah, we want to connect those dots so that when they go out into the corporate world and they someday appear on the corporate talk show with Charlie and Eva, that they'll have something wonderful <laughs> to share with you guys about their area of expertise because I want everybody to love what they do as much as I love what I do. Um, no, and, and uh, that came across very well, uh, Pamela. This was a very uh, informative show. Um, great job. And best of luck in the future and continue getting all of our kids into schools because we need them in the future. Yeah, we really do. Thank right. you. Thank you so much, both of you. It's my pleasure and all the best to you both. Thank you, Pamela. Take care. And that is PamelaDonnelly.com. PamelaDonnelly.com. Yes, with two N's and two L's, as she said. And the she has two books out. One's the SWAT Team Tactics for Getting Your Teen into College. And her current book is Four Keys to College Admissions Success. And there is a lot of good stuff in this book. I was looking through the book. So, I mean, you know, parents struggle. They don't know what to do. And especially parents that haven't gone through this whole process themselves, you know, it can be daunting. Well, here's the thing, you know, we wanted to go down the list of what to do first, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's all in the book, but there's so much information and so there much is. knowledge <laughs> that Pamela had that it was just, I was mesmerized. You need an Ivy League degree just was, to get through it. Yeah. This, but Pamela makes it easy by writing her book. Right. Just call her, reach out, PamelaDonnelly.com. Yeah, no, it was terrific. Excellent. Okay. Great show. Uh, we want to thank our guest, and I want to thank you and our producer, Dave Olson. And we have a thank great show next week, so everybody come back. Have a great week, everyone. Good night. <laughs>